Good morning, Summit Church Online. I'm glad you're with us here today. You know, it's not too late to get out here to the property. If you look for this banner there on Highway 105 and the Summit Church, it starts here at 1030 in just a few minutes. You can stay right where you are and watch online, of course, but we'd love to have you in person. So 4240 North Perry Park Road, Sedalia, Colorado, 801, 80135. I believe. Anyway, um, look it up and come on down. This is your five-minute countdown. Share this link with a friend, Pastor Wayne H. on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn, Instagram. We'd love to connect with you there. And uh, grab a Bible, grab a notebook, grab a pen, tell a friend, and we're going to start worship in five minutes.
What's that? How long is your single going to be on Spotify? It'll be there forever. Yeah, yeah as long as I as long as I keep uh, as long as I keep my subscription up with SoundCloud. Yeah. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys today. Hope you're doing well. Did you have a good week? Are you awake? Is anyone here? Yes. Okay. Good. Good. All right, so I want to introduce a new worship team member. Her name is Anne, and she's on the lyrics in the back there, everybody. She doesn't play an instrument, but what she does is just as important as playing an instrument, so you guys can follow along with the lyrics. And we are appreciative of Anne stepping in at the last second. My boy Max stayed home feeling sick today, so keep him in your prayers. And uh, Kim, Kim's flight got moved around, and so she's going to be here tonight. But uh, hey, let's, uh, let's start singing. This is one called Like a Lion. You know, the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And um, so this song is all about not being ashamed of God, being bold for God, and that God's not dead. He's surely alive, right? Ready? Two. Bring to the dead to life. 
my kick drum will keep on singing. Father, thank you for getting Sally to church today and so many others, Lord. Those who are watching online and those who, Lord, are just uh, checking us out, maybe some newcomers today too, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're with us and you never leave us or forsake us. You're always teaching us new things. So, Lord, help us to have your light living in us when we're tempted to think that everything's dark and getting worse, I pray that we'll just remember that you've commanded us to fear not and to have your hope and your power activated through every difficulty, through every situation. Lord, those who are watching today who need a special touch of healing, those who need encouragement, I pray that they would find it today in your word and your spirit would meet with each, each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, anybody remember a band back in the 90s called DC Talk? Yeah, and the Newsboys, we just sang a Newsboys one just now, actually. Um, there was a singer-songwriter named Charlie Peacock who wrote this song called In the Light. And it quotes directly the passage I'm going to be preaching about today, that I want to live in the light as he is in the light. And so I thought I'd teach it to some of you who've never heard it before. It's pretty catchy. And uh, I've got a young Carlos Santana over here on the, on the, uh, on the guitar, so we're going to do it together. Ready? Serves 
You can do you can glorify God with all of it. And uh, we're going to sing one that we've sung around here quite a bit. Any song that's got mountains in it, I love to sing about it. And um, this one is simply One Thing Remains. Yeah, feel free to kill a wasp if it comes in flying in your face. <laughs>
us a little one-year Bible today. You can be seated for a second. Well, good morning, Summit Church. Glad to see you all are here. We got wall-to-wall people. You guys are missing now, big time. Uh, <clears throat> no, anyway, uh, the scripture that I'm going to read today comes from Ezekiel chapter 17, and it's uh, verse 22. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take a branch from the top of a tall cedar, and I will plant it on the top of Israel's highest mountain. It will become a majestic cedar, sending forth its branches and producing seed. Birds of every sort will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branches. And all the trees will know that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives the dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said. God's love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on us. And if nature is that important to God, how much more important are we than nature? This is the word of our Lord. I love this one. You know, at the end of every service, I give you what the Bible calls the or the ironic blessing. It actually comes from Hebrew tradition in the Old Testament, where the um, the rabbi would just stand up before the congregation and hold his hands up. You know, you know this this this, this little symbol. You've, you know, you think Star Trek, right? Mr. Spock, live long and prosper. That Leonard Nimoy stole that from his rabbi in a synagogue. Can you believe it? At the end of every synagogue service, the rabbi holds up his hand. This is an ancient symbol of blessing from the rabbi. And he says the ironic blessing while he holds out that. says, he goes, oh, what should I do when I say live long? Well, how about I just do the rabbi's blessing? And so there's a little trivia there on the ironic blessing. But so if you want to say, God, the Lord bless you and keep you, live long and prosper, you can do whatever you want with that, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> We're going to actually sing the, the lyrics to that blessing here. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Sing that again. The Lord bless you.
Thanks for joining me here today. There are three ways to partner with the ministry. You can go to mysummitchurch.com or our Facebook page and hit the donate button. Or text to give. Text the amount of your gift in your texting app to 303-625-9434 and press send and follow the prompts using your smartphone. 100% of what you give by text will go to the ministry. Or you can mail your gift to Summit Church, 200 South Wilcott Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Grab your Bible, grab a pen, and uh, get ready to take some notes. And uh, we will get started in just a minute. Thank you. 
So I'm, I have a I have a Bible emergency this morning here. My Bible with the notes in it might be back at the house, but that's okay. The good news is I have studied. I know what I'm talking about here today. So turn in your Bibles with me today, you guys, if you're ready. We're going to be studying 1 John. And uh, I know that's okay. That's all right. Hey, you know what the Bible says about situations like this? Be instant in season and out of season. Be ready for anything. And so my... My being ready for anything apparently was having my preaching Bible at home. So I guess God wanted me to preach without my notes, but I definitely have the scripture in my brain here today. Turn to 1 John. 1 John. I'm going to give you a little historical context on the Apostle John before we get into the study. Uh, John the Apostle was, um, of course, they called him John the Beloved. And the Gospel of John is one of the most poetic of all the Gospels. In the Word, uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was was God. The Word was with God. God was He was with God in the beginning. It, through Him, everything was made. Nothing was made that hasn't been made, right? You guys, you know, you're familiar with that little section of Scripture. John wrote that. He was the disciple that lived the longest of the twelve apostles. He actually the only the only disciple that we know of that died of natural causes. And it wasn't without trying because uh, the emperor uh, tried to kill him by boiling him in oil. And it, yet he didn't die. And so he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And that's where he wrote the book of Revelation, which we're going to be studying throughout December uh, this year. And of course, he was marred and scarred by being boiled in oil. The fact that he even survived that is kind of amazing. And so he probably, if, if you know anybody with skin burns, he probably didn't have any hair on his body or skin at all. Probably all the hair follicles had been burned and off, so he's probably completely bald, maybe even no eyebrows. And um, it goes, the story goes in church history that the Apostle John, when he was finally released from exile and brought back to Rome, would visit the churches as an old man. And you're like, this is the one. He's the one who walked with Jesus. This is the one that was leaning against the Lord at the table. Like he saw Jesus. The one apostle you could point to, he was a living witness of the things that Jesus did, the things that Jesus said. Amazing. When we, when we read about the vision of Revelation, you're going you're gonna to get even more insight into the person of John. But John the apostle was well known for saying, and it was in his gospel where he, he said it in this way. He said, a new command I give you, said the Lord. I say, you've heard, you've heard the phrase before, love your, enemy, love your friends and hate your enemies. I, tell, I give you a new commandment, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who despitefully use you. Whoa, whoa, Jesus. We never heard any kind of talk like that. Love your enemies. Are you kidding? He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another, just as I have loved you. Wow, that's a tall order. Because how has Jesus loved us? Unconditionally, he died in our place. He took our sins upon himself. He doesn't judge us. He keeps on forgiving. It's not like, oh, once and okay, I'll let you screw up once. Now you're out of here if you screw up twice. No, no, he just keeps on loving. He just keeps on forgiving. You cannot out the grace of God. The only way in which you don't get the grace is you stop receiving it. You're like, I don't want you, God. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You walk away. He never walks away. His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on us. 
We run out on God, but he never runs out on us. Whew, isn't that good? And so we'll pick up here in 1 John uh, chapter 1. And I'm just going to work my way through the text without my highlights. So bear with me if I have to, uh, if I get a little skittish here and there. Uh, John is talking about this. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. This is an eyewitness of Jesus. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Jesus is the logos, the living word of God through which everything was created. And that's kind of so profound and so mystical and so metaphysical that we really can't wrap our minds around. He's the word? I thought, I thought this was the word. Yes, it is. It's one manifestation of the greater word who reveals himself to us through his spirit, right? Through truth, through, through all that can be seen in creation, Jesus, the living word. And so he goes on to talk about Christ. He says, we, we proclaim to you what we ourselves actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may, be, you may fully share our joy. This is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I think all means all. We could do a little Greek study on what does all mean, but I'm pretty sure all means all but you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. What about murder? Yup. What about lying perpetually? Yup. <laughs> what about drunkenness and addiction? Yup. It's all under the blood. He, for, he forgives us and cleanses us from all sin. And there's a continual washing and rewashing by the word. And there's a progressive nature to our discipleship. That we grow ever increasingly in our faith and in our joy and in our knowledge of Christ. And we become more like him the more we say yes. The more we submit. The more we live in the light as he is in the light. Right? Then we begin to shine forth the glory of God in our lives. And it's no longer me living. It's Christ living his life through me. Wow. <laughs> that gives me a lot of hope. Because I've made a lot of mistakes. I've sinned a lot. And I know you have too. There's a bunch of sinners in here. No perfect people in here. Only one perfect one. And his name is Jesus. He's the only reason we have any hope. But thank God his hope is not a false hope. It's a real living hope. Through his blood. Verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And I've, I've, I've shared this. You might want to share this, underline it, highlight it, circle it. It is one of my favorite scriptures to share in the entire New Testament. 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, again, from all wickedness. Not just some. 
Not just one time. No. If I go back to God, he keeps forgiving. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just. Wow. <laughs> that is the best news ever. That is better than winning a lottery ticket. Because the money would go away. But my salvation never leaves. I've been adopted into God's family. I've been declared his. He looks at me and says, you're my boy. You're my very blood son now. You've been purchased in blood. You're adopted. Wayne, you're in. You're in. And there's no getting out. I'm in the Jesus Mafia. Like Al Pacino said, they try to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. And isn't it wonderful that the Holy Spirit, the hound of heaven, keeps pulling us back in and going, what are you doing? No, 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 no. This way, this way. Going the wrong way. Wrong way, Charlie. Over here. Right? Well, what's the caveat? If we confess our sins. That means we have to admit we have sinned. That means that the only caveat is I have to admit it. I got to be honest. God, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And when we do that, then he goes, I know. <laughs> I know. Come, come here, boy. Let me clean you up. Let me show you a better way. And here's some ways to, to, to live in the light. So verse 10, he says, if we claim that we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And so we continue here into chapter two. And I had several values here, but I think the first value I'd written down was a relationship with God, valuing a, a relationship in God through Christ. You don't, you don't have a relationship with God on your terms. That's the problem with American spirituality. We want to craft God into our favorable image of what we wish he would be. So he's like a Santa Claus Jesus. He just gives me everything I want and there's no naughty list for me. Like I'm never on the naughty list, right? Because I'm always right. No, that's, 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 it's not the Santa Claus Jesus, right? And some people have, you know, the Thanos Jesus, if you're a Marvel Universe person. You know, he's evil and he's ruling everything, just waiting to crush you or snap his finger and make you disappear, right? Uh, you're terrified of God all the time because he's just waiting to bring the hammer down. Well, that's not God. He is righteous, he's good, he is holy, but he doesn't take any pleasure in judgment. He doesn't play, take any pleasure in, in the discipline. He, he does it because he loves us. And he's not vengeful that way. He's loving He's gracious. He's the, very, the very nature of God is kindness and gentleness. So he continues here, 1 John chapter 2. Dear children, I, John, am writing this to you so that you will not sin. And we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. But if we sin, <laughs> isn't that cute? If we sin. How many of you think you might sin even later on today? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says we're going we're gonna to sin in thought, word, and deed through the things we do and the things we let, leave undone. Well, I probably sin 30 times a day when you think about that, right? Or, or more, depending. Maybe 70 times a day. I'm not sure how God counts it all, right? Even sins of ignorance, right? We don't even know what we did was wrong. And we, the only way we learn is that if we're instructed and we begin to learn what, what's good and what's bad. So if, we, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. 
And not only our sins, but for the sins of all the whole world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but he doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. He's not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. We know that we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. It's pretty simple, right? If you're going to reflect the glory of Jesus, you're going to walk this path as a disciple. You, you, <laughs> the behavior will change. What you value will change. You, you will have remorse over the bad things you've done and maybe sometimes continue to do. And I, I, I oftentimes for these Bible studies, I've been using uh, Haley's commentary. And Haley's commentary in this study here today, he talks about how an eagle is always an eagle. That once an eagle is hatched and goes from being a, an eaglet <laughs> to an adolescent to being a full-grown adult eagle... It's always an eagle, never becomes anything but an eagle. It's always has been, always has been once it's been hatched, once it's been born. Now an eagle may get muddy when it's going down to grab fish out of the water or it's getting prey off, off the ground. Maybe he's getting groundhog or he's getting a, a rabbit or whatever he's getting, right? But the mud doesn't make him not an eagle, it just makes him a dirty eagle, right? And John addresses this issue of sin in the life of the believer and he, he talks a little bit about this here. He, so, he says, no, I'm, not, I'm writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is uh, an old one that you have had at the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you've heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims, I'm living in the light, but he hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates another believer or sister, brother or sister, is still living in and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. A, a Christian... A true follower of Christ is loving. They're making their attempt to live in the light and to not live in darkness. And this story, I didn't finish the story. So John would go to each of these churches in the neighborhoods of Rome and Antioch and different places. We're not sure how far he ventured back from Rome once he passed away. But we know that he would go to churches and they would ask him to preach. Like, this is the Apostle John. John, come up, share a word. Share a word. Come on, John, just say something to everybody because we just wanted to hear from you. And he was well known for doing this in every church he would go to. He'd come up to the front or to the podium or where, however they did church, within a home or wherever they would be. And he would simply say, love one another. And then he'd sit down. <laughs> Thus ends the lesson right there. Love one another. Wow. Like if anybody had a life verse, it was John. Just love each other. Love one another. Wow. So profound. And so for him, it was an old message because it's the only thing he ever said when he'd get in front of Christians. Like, love one another. What should I do, John? I don't know. I need guidance from the Lord. I need a word from God. I need God to give me a lightning bolt and show me what to do. Yeah. Keep it simple. You know, love works out a lot of things. 
A lot of like things in relationships and in marriage or in finances or work situations, we would just choose love first. Love would, if love was always our guide, it would probably show us what we ought to do, what we ought to say, what we ought not to say, what we ought not to do, if love was our guide. <laughs> and then he does this poetic thing here, verse 12 to 14. I just want to make note of it here. And I, I actually listened to it in the original Greek because I wanted to hear many of these things will rhyme in the original language. If you listen to it in Hebrew or Greek, you can hear it rhyming in their language. And this, um, in Greek, it doesn't rhyme, but it has a rhythm to it. Um, and I'll just read it. It says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Christ. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. And it goes from present tense, I am writing to you, and it goes into past tense. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. And then the Greek word here, writing, 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 written, written, written. And then he says God's word. Writing, written, word. God's word lives in your hearts. And you have won your battle with the evil one. God's logos, Jesus Christ, the logos, the living word. John says, I have written to you, I'm writing to you, and it's written for time and eternity, for now and always, the living word of Christ will dwell in you and in me, and we will win the battle over sin. Amen. We will. Doesn't mean we won't struggle. Doesn't mean that we won't sometimes lose, get punched in the face, have a bad day. But in the end, we win. It's been declared. It's been written. And if God's written it, it will be done. Short time or long time, it's his word. And we get to live in it. In verse 15, he challenges the church. And it's a challenge for us American Christians. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for spirits, for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our own achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who, that, that does what pleases God will live forever. Man, there's some rich, rich promises here in 1 John. And then he begins to talk about the last hour and about the Antichrist. And that the end of days is, is going to come one day. And this man of sin, the Antichrist, is going to, to appear. Here's what he says in verse 18. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And as already many such Antichrists have appeared. And we do see them in history. You can point to evil men in history and go, look at Hitler, look at Stalin, look at Pol Pot, look at Rasputin, look at even Napoleon, look at these people who killed massive amounts of people, 
who did evil things for their own sake and were anti-God, anti-Christ. It says, from this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged to us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong to us. But you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you his spirit. And all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between the truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Jesus, Jesus made it pretty clear in the Gospels, and John is making it very clear here. There's one way to the Father, and it's not through man's religion. It's not through effort. It's not through trying harder. It's by receiving what Christ has done, the atoning sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ makes a way for you and I to come into the Holy of Holies and have friendship with our Heavenly Father. Whew. Yes, it is the only way. Chapter 3 he said, and this is really about the love of God, about the affection, the holy affection in God's family. He says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. The book, but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we already know God's, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have eager, this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. And it goes on just to talk about not living in sin. And in 1 John 3, let's skip to verse 10. So he says, So now we can tell who are children of God, and who are the children of the devil? Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. You find a hateful person in church? Guess what? That ain't the church's fault. That's on that person. You find a hypocrite Christian? Don't blame, don't blame Christ. Don't blame the church. You blame that person for the hypocrisy. Because we know what Christ looks like. We know what righteousness looks like. And if we're not living in the truth, then we need to say, God, forgive me. God, bring me into a place where I can come in a, into alignment with who you are. Be the man to be the woman you want me to be. And that is hard, right? It's not easy. The faith life is not an easy life because we, we begin to push away everything that the world is always throwing at us. And it's kind of like the salmon having to swim upstream, right? It's not easy. It's perilous. It's hard. It'd be much easier to just float downstream. But you know what floats downstream? Dead fish. Right? We're alive in Christ. And the struggle, it's there for a reason, to make us stronger, to make us more like Christ, to perfect our faith. You know the word Israel means one who struggles with God and overcomes? Jacob was named Israel because he wrestled with God and he overcame we are spiritual Israel. God has called us to a struggle, a righteous struggle, to wrestle with God and go, okay, God, this is really hard. I don't want to do this. You've, you call me into places that are difficult for me, but I'm going to overcome. 
I'm going to overcome. I might lose here and there, you know, get sucker punched every now and then and not figure it out. But in the end, I'm going to win with God's help. Verse 16, we know what real love, what real love is because Jesus gave, his, gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And this is so powerful. He begins to talk about the love of God. He says, um, verse 23, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know that he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Chapter four, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test those spirits to see if the spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know that they have the spirit of God. If someone, if a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of Antichrist, which you've heard is coming to the world and indeed is already here. Skipping to verse seven, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Yeah, that's worth cheering for. Like, like if we to cheer for, let's really cheer for God. Woo! It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't say God is judgmental. It doesn't say, we know that he's holy, but it doesn't say God is holy. He's saying God is the very nature of what love is. And we, we have shadows of feelings for one another in romantic love and the way we love our children and how we love our fellow man, you know, in church and neighbors and friends and coworkers. But that's just a, that's just a pale reflection of what God's love truly is completely unconditional completely sacrificial always willing to forgive always willing to give another shot always there never abandoning always present <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> it's the only way the gospel could be true it's the only way the gospel could be, could be true because like this who's that good who would be so good as to forgive this loser over and over and over and over again? Only someone who loves me more than I love myself. Right? God loves you more than you love yourself. Way more. Because a lot of us have a hard time loving ourselves. <laughs> like, oh, you're such a screw up. You beat yourself up over things. Come on, anybody? Right? God doesn't. He's like, hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? Stop, stop hitting yourself. I love you. You're too good for this. I want good things for you. God is love. And then he continues verse nine. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. And all who confess that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. We can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. And now we get to my, my son Zach's favorite Bible verse. He would say this every night. He would have nightmares and night terrors, and there were times when he would really have difficulty. And he memorized this. I remember as a kindergartner, he memorized this and would say it over and over again. First John 4, 18, Dad. First John 4, 18. Such love. In his version, it was NIV. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. The New Living Translation says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we love not, that we have not, that this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other just because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. And if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. And I have been in church my entire life. The first time I ever sang in church, that lady in the back row was there. I was two years old singing Yes, Jesus Loves Me at the Berkeley Assembly of God Church on 12 Mile and Phillips in Detroit, Michigan. I want to go back there and sing Yes, Jesus Loves Me again at that church. I'd love to preach it at the Berkeley Assembly again one of these days. It's a long time to be running with Jesus. Been running with Jesus over 50 years. Right? And I've had my ups and downs, my ins and outs, my difficulties. Who hasn't, right? But his love has never failed me. It's never given up. It's never run out of me. He's always been there for me. Chapter 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. And we know that we are God's loved children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats his, this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who, who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how you win the battle with sin. It's not going to be in your self-effort. It's not going to be through trying harder. It's going to be Christ living his life through you. And em empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in prayer, sometimes fasting, seeking God, turning off the noise, just pressing into your love relationship with the Heavenly Father, just as Jesus did. Verse 11, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. 
Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Jesus said that himself. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. There are a lot of people who go, are you going to heaven? I hope so. I think I'm a good person. I, I try to do some good things. I know I've done some bad things. You think you've done enough good things to outweigh the bad things? I don't know. That's why I hope so. Guess what? You can know that you are going to heaven. You can know that you've been adopted into God's family. You can know that you belong to him. Because the spirit of God will begin to live inside of you. And give you the witness and the comfort that I belong to him. And the Lord is my shepherd. He belongs to me. And no, no intellectual argument could talk me out of it. Because I, I have the experience of knowing it. I know it down to my shoes. In the same way that I know I love my wife. In the same way that I know that we were married. August 3rd, 1991. I could take you to the place where it happened. You can't talk me out of it. Say, but do you feel married? <laughs> I am married. That's how it ought to be for the Christian. Do you feel like a Christian? No, I am a Christian. <laughs> whether I feel like being a Christian or not, or whether it's fun to be a Christian in this moment or not, or whether... You know, I'm worried that God loves me or do I get the, do I get the tingly feelings when I'm singing in church? No, it has nothing to do with any of that. Do I know that I've made the exchange? Do I know that I've let Jesus come in? Do I know that I've been adopted? You can know. That's what, he, that's what John says, right? That you may know that you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Does it please God for you to say, God, I surrender? Of course that makes him happy. Does it please him when you say, God, I can't do it. I need your help. He goes, I know. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. It's about time. I've been waiting. Here we go. Now we, now we got something to work with. You have a willingness. You're finally honest enough to go, I can't do it. By the way, that's how you overcome any addiction, any kind of stronghold in your life, because Christians can get addicted too. Christians can get tripped up and get stuck. The only one that can unstick us is Christ. He's the only one that can bring true freedom. Verse 16, you see, if you see a Christian brother or sister sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death and I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. Now, this is an important distinction that John is making, and this will help you in your theology and your relationship with God. I was raised in such a way, and many evangelical circles still teach like this, that if I sin, now I'm going to hell. If I repent, now I'm going to heaven. And God is somehow schizophrenic. But, you know, I've got to say, I'm sorry, now I'm going to heaven. Hell, all right, Whew. Okay. Oh, no, now I just sinned again. Now I'm going to hell again. That somehow God changes his mind about me on a moment-by-moment -moment basis whether I sinned or not. No, my identity is secure in God. Like I said, the eagle never stops being an eagle. He might dip his wings in the mud getting prey, but you know what he does? 
he preens himself, he cleans himself, he, he gets the mud off, right? And that's what we as Christians do, because we get mud on us, right? We sin in a way that does not lead to death, right? Sometimes we eat too much, or sometimes we can't quit smoking, or sometimes we got a different problem or whatever. God says, hey, we're going to get that stuff off of you eventually, right? You're kind of a muddy eagle right now. <laughs> we're going to get that off of you. You are an eagle, but man, you're a mess. <laughs> we're going to help you. We're going to help you. And I, I love that because it means that there's hope for all of us. And, and Jesus did mention that this sin that leads to death, it's speaking of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's speaking of rejecting God and saying, I'll make my own way, God. Thank you very much. I don't need you. Well, God's not going to force himself on anyone who rejects him. That is a sin unto death. That's a sin of saying, screw you, God. I don't want you in my life. I will make my own way. And there's nothing he can do about that because he will not force himself on anybody. And that's the sin that leads to death. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws, he woos, he calls, he cajoles you and says, come on in and you won't take it. Like, no, I'll make my own way. And if you're that, you've been that person or you are that person, whether you're watching or in the room, this is your moment to turn around and say, God, I have been wrong. Adopt me into your family. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Would you be praying here, church, for a second, just for those who might be ready to make the commitment to Christ? We just begin to soften people's hearts to hear and receive the gospel. Verse 20, and we know that the Son has come. He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. Eternal life comes through Christ. It doesn't come through any other means. It doesn't come through religious performance. You see, God created you and I to be with him, to be in relationship. And our sins, they definitely separate us from God. We know that from how we feel when we're sinning. And sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. You can't somehow do enough good deeds that way your bad deeds that's not how salvation works paying the price for our sin jesus died and he rose again because he loves you and me and he came not just for the good people he came for all people he goes but you don't know me you don't know what i've done you don't know you don't know i, I don't need to know but god knows and he loves you anyway Everyone who put their trust in Christ can have eternal life. And it begins the moment you say, yes, yes, Lord. I'm tired of doing it on my own. God, I need you. I surrender. I can't do it. If you're ready to do that today, would you pray that prayer with me of commitment to Christ? Church, out loud for those who might be praying it for the first time. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead according to the scriptures. Please come into my heart. Be my Savior. 
and be my Lord. Now keep your your eyes bowed, your head heads bowed, eyes closed for a second. Some of us believers in this room, I, we know that we know Christ, but we've been trying to take it back. We've been trying to, <laughs> we've been trying to be good enough for God to somehow prove God that, that to God that we're worthy. And you want to give up that that fight today and just say, Lord, let me rest in your love. Let me just rest in knowing that I've been adopted in your family. I want to stop the religious games and have a truly spiritual relationship with you through your spirit, through your word, through your local church, through Christ. I want to grow as a Christian and stop the religious games. If that's you as a Christian in the room, you say, I'm, just, I'm in that place where I just need to, I need to say yes to, to a real relationship. Just slip your hand up and say, that's me right now. I need to say yes to Jesus and no to religious manipulation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Because we want we want to please God. We want to somehow contribute to our own salvation. <laughs> but we can't. All we can do is receive it. Oh, it's so good. Well, we'll continue our John study, second and third John, next Sunday. And uh, we've got some good things planned. We love to see uh, a house full of people here on our Thanksgiving Sunday, coming up in two Sundays. Um, Maria says she's going to bring two turkeys. And the church will be providing all the beverages and drinks. And um, and if, if you guys have... Yeah, we'll, we'll create it. We'll create a, a sign-up genius for it. And if you've got a, like a family recipe that's just a specialty, we want you to bring it. Okay, like if it's this is my grandpa's my grandma's stuffing recipe, bring that or whatever. Um, but let us know about that. And uh, we're also we're planning on a baptism service. And are we still? Are we still? Yeah, are we? Are we good to do? All right. Anne is getting baptized on that day. Right. Oh, and Carl too. Cool, cool, cool. So if you know someone that maybe hasn't been baptized as an adult, but has recently kind of started their relationship with Christ again, or you're one of those people online that you don't always come on a Sunday, but you'd like to be baptized, please let us know. Uh, private message us or call us and we'll get you in on that day. Um, you know, there's no record of infants being baptized in the Bible. <laughs> that is some, something men made up. Uh, baptism is an outward symbol for people who understand what's going on. Uh, after repentance and John the, the Baptist when he was in the water was repenting so preaching a, a message of repent and be baptized that baptism was a symbol of I'm turning away from my dead old life I'm coming alive to my new life in Christ so we're excited for you guys getting baptized it's gonna be awesome and so let's try to get a bunch of as many family members and friends to this uh, Thanksgiving outreach as we can we are going to be doing an outreach a booth for the starlighting um in Castle Rock. Can you believe we're almost to starlighting already? That's crazy. Uh, so if you want to help me with the booth, I'm going to be uh, doing some worship music uh, at the booth, and we're doing a big uh, puffy chair like Morty the Moose and maybe Santa Claus if he can get away from elk hunting. We'll see. If someone wants to plant or to be Santa Claus, uh, that, that photo booth is always a hit at the starlighting. People love doing selfies and Chris, getting all Christmassy on that night. So, Lori, did you have something? You good? Okay. Good, good. I think that's everything I have here today. Uh, if you want to support the ministry, you can hit the donation box in the back or uh, press the donate button online. Why don't you stand? I'll give you the blessing and we'll go. Thank you, God, for the Apostle John and his ministry reminding us of the simple message to love one another, 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift your countenance, and give you his peace. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 I love you, church. Have a fantastic week. We'll see many of you on Thursday night for the Alpha Course, an in-person talk. Does God still heal today? That's the topic on Thursday, so that'd be great. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.